You're listening to the Vancouver Mixtape, produced live at CJSF 90.1 FM Burnaby Campus Community Radio from Simon Fraser University, where we broadcast from the unceded Coast Salish Territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, Coquitlam, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. Uh, we're online at cjsf.ca. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, all those places. Uh, you can find the show on iTunes and Google Play. And if you want to talk to us, you can give us a call at 778-782-2573. Uh, I am Jesse. I'm Jamie. You're Jamie, but you were on the disco mic, so tell, tell us again that you're Jamie. Jamie? I'm Jamie. There we go. And in the studio today, we have a returning guest. Uh, welcome, Kabazi. Sorry, Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for coming back. And uh, you're here to uh, talk about your new EP, Human Prescription. Yes. uh, As well as maybe some other stuff. We'll see. Uh, But we should kick it off with a song just to let everyone get settled and uh, let the people out there know what we're going to hear. So uh, what what track off of Human Prescription should we play? Uh, Let's start with Out the Window because that is the first song on the track. All right. We're going to get to that. You got it? Great. tempo hip-hop is like the best way i can explain my style of music i feel i mean yeah so we're we're here with kabazi we're we're chatting off mic about 
the record. Let's talk about it on mic. Um, congrats, by the Thank way. Um, I remember the last time we had you here, I think it was, this was October 2017. Something like and, that. And um, we were talking about how like you had you had discovered your sound, you discovered the kind of music you wanted to make, but now you're singles deep and you have your second EP out. What's different this time around? I definitely don't know. At that time when I said I know what my sound is, it's like... Each project I work on, I get closer to what my sound is and what I'm comfortable doing. What's different about this EP is that I was able to find... I didn't think too much of it. I was just going... I was going on YouTube and, like, freestyling for two hours a day trying to find, like, the right sound that matched kind of, like, what made me flow easily. So this EP, I, I wanted to have, like, kind of a vibe where you can, like, drive to it, um, smoke to it, do whatever you want to, but as like just chill. It's not really like club vibe music. I just wanted like a chill album that you could just play anywhere and just kind of vibe to it. I mean, like I like it's in case you aren't aware, good listener. Uh, it is like a snowy, dark day at SFU right now. I was listening to the record before the show, and it was just like perfectly fit the vibe of the whole campus where it's just like airy and like kind of dark but like there's still a lightness to it yeah right did you come into the writing process a little more confident than last time or or were you just kind of building off of what you learned writing comes really easily to me and it's something that i'm confident with because i've been writing since i was 10 i started writing short stories started in dodgeball class when I was like in grade 10 and every time my class or every time my team would sit on the side I would take out my notebook but I'd always shred it in the office because I was scared to bring these things back home because we were like weirdly sexual so I was scared my parents were going to find it and then um, when I got introduced to Shakespeare I, I didn't really like it and I still don't really enjoy Shakespeare but I understood Shakespeare which I feel like a lot of people get like confused with it but it was something that was like natural to me and then i took that and i kind of did like my own spin to poetry so when i write it's their poems to me so it just comes very naturally so i'm I'm usually confident with my writing but i'll send it to my friends and i'm like does this make sense is this like does this flow with the second verse and i'll kind of get advice however i'm usually confident with with my writing um, it, it, you me- it's interesting that you mentioned that where uh, you approach it as a as poetry project uh, with a lot of respect. And you could totally see that because you don't have a, a traditional chorus in a lot of these songs. Like mm-hmm. sometimes there's just an absence of chorus to begin with, and other times when there's a chorus, it's not like a huge anthemic ch- shift. The only thing that's there again is a refrain in the lyrics um is that was that a conscious decision or is that just something that comes out naturally when you write i'm not a very structured person so with music i don't see it as it being structured i have some songs that don't even have choruses it'll just be like a full verse and then like what you would call a chorus to end it my song my ex on trust me there's no chorus there's no first verse there's no third verse so if i vibe with the song it's it's a song I don't care if there's, like, a chorus that's, like, catchy or not. It's, like, I know that feeling that that song gives me. And if I show a couple people and they're, like, I get what you mean with the song. Like, I felt this at this part that I felt the same as. And it's, like, it's a song to me. I'll just put it out there. So I don't think of structure. But I'm starting to get more into it because I've worked with a couple people where they're, like, I think it's better to have a first verse, chorus, second verse, and kind of, like, 
rhyme the first line with the second line or like rhyme the two lines with the two other lines in the other paragraph whatever like just structured kind of songwriting so I've just started to get into that where it's more like I guess radio version songs like there's this one song I'm working on on right now which is like very structured and it's different for me and it's kind of been like hard working on it because the guy I'm working with he has his way of doing it and I have my way of doing it and we're trying to find like a happy medium right now so we're kind of working on it in our own space rather than working together so it's like a learning process sometimes having that extra sort of like challenge or like having to work with someone can can force you to to make different decisions or like try new things yeah you have to be open-minded and like we kind of told ourselves to keep our space and then when we're ready to come together and kind of put what we both know together but yeah uh you mentioned uh that you, you know, like lis- going, listening on YouTube, freestyling over beats and um, working with some different uh, collaborators. Are you, like when you're, when you're say, listening to beats and freestyling, are you listening to like instrumentals of stuff you already know or are you using that to like sort of research and find potential new people to collaborate with? I'm always looking for people to collaborate with. So I'll go through people's SoundCloud accounts or Instagram accounts or wherever I can kind of find people who there's like a couple websites that you can go on so usually i go on youtube and i'll look up like lo-fi study beats i don't know if you guys have ever like oh, yeah, yeah yeah so i'll just play that for an hour and i'm just going and i'm going and i'm going like my microphone's broken from how much i use it and i had to just get it like switched over but um it's just random songs and if i find a flow and i have like a, a poem or lyrics i'll take it and I kind of like put it in with other lyrics that i have and then I'll kind of make a song out of it. And then if I find a beat that I really like, I'll like Shazam what the sound is and I'll find the producer and I'll go on Instagram or I'll email them. I'm like, hey, like, would you be down to collaborate? And like, I ha- there's one song I did that and he was like, you can't sell the song, but you're more than welcome to put on SoundCloud. So a lot of that does happen because some people don't want to collaborate, which I'm okay with. Um, but yeah, usually, usually I um, just like look up instrumentals that I don't know. And then I'll just kind of keep, because it just goes on to the next one. And if I'm not feeling it, I'll just go to next. And I'll le- literally do it for like two hours. For for Human Prescription, were you uh, working primarily with one person? Or did you have a, a selection of producers that, was, uh, that you were kind of leaning on? Human Prescription was not planned whatsoever. Really? I moved to Toronto. And I kind of had this mindset, like, I'm going there for a purpose. And then I didn't stress about it and everything kind of happened naturally so I started going out and I didn't really know much people in the city so I was like kind of going out alone a couple times with like people I kind of knew but trying to put myself in like I don't like being comfortable so when I'm comfortable I like to kind of explore different kind of situations that I'm not used to so um what happened was I made the song sedative, but I half made it and I had it for like two months. And then my friend came over and I showed her, she's like, this is a really good song. You should like continue working on it. So I finished that song. And then all of a sudden I had liquid drips and all of a sudden I had can't be your man. And I wasn't releasing it. And I'm like the type when I make a song, I'll release it two weeks later. But I was like, I have a weird feeling about this. I'm going to hold on to it. So then met this girl and then we worked together. And then my other friend introduced me to the studio in Toronto where I started going to this engineer and he was just helping me like record my vocals and whatever but it was kind of like an accident I made five songs and I'm like well I made four and then Comfort and Chaos I kind of just added at the end I made it in December and then I was like I have an EP so <laughs> I just released it yeah yeah I remember it, it kind of came out as a surprise like there was no you had released a couple singles last year um, 
and then all of a sudden there was a new record and like usually there's a that is, the string of singles will indicate a new ra- album is coming but it didn't like really yeah I'm like weird like I'm trying to learn how to do all this like marketing kind of stuff I just I don't like having expectation and I don't want other people to have expectations so I just kind of keep it to myself until I'm ready to be like I'm dropping an EP but sedative initially was like dropping an EP January so I put that out in November and then I was like whoever like does listen to my music will know that I have an EP and whoever doesn't We'll find out. So, should we get to that one next? Set it up. Heck yeah! This set it up, and you'll see to it on Vancouver mixtape. Vancouver mixtape with Kabazi. Uh, that was Sedative by the aforementioned Kabazi. Welcome back. Hi, thanks. Uh, this is, of course, a Vancouver mixtape where we play uh, 
mostly Vancouver based stuff, but you uh, you have s- relocated to Toronto, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what what has that process been like for you? It was really easy when I first moved there. My this girl that I met last December. Her boyfriend was living at my friend's place that I was staying for three nights because I was staying in this random like random town in Ontario, and I came to stay with her because her boyfriend was not there, and she came to pick something up in her. She came to pick something up from his room, and we had met because I was alone, and we like hit it off really well. And then I messaged her a few months later, and I was like, "Do you know anyone that's like subletting their place for the summer? Because I don't really do roommates; they like, creep me out. So I just wanted to have my own place." And she's like, "Honestly, you know what? She's like, I'll I'll give you my place. I'll go stay at my mom's my mom's house. I want you to have like a smooth summer when you're here." So she gave me her apartment for two months. And she went to stay at her mom's, and that alone really helped me be comfortable in my space, because it's kind of stressful when you don't have, like, furniture, and you're in an empty home, and, like, everything was perfect, until it started getting cold. And then that's kind of just like, oh, reality's hitting, this is what it's actually like here. Um, But the process was really smooth. I definitely, I don't want to say manifested, but everything that I wanted within the six months of being there naturally just came to me which was working on a project making a team finding people who have similar like similar interests in me and as me and i just wanted to like go to like fun little parties and events because we don't really have much here in vancouver and there it's like every night there's something and people are so down to collaborate and work though you meet them they'll message you the next day and be like yo you still want to work on this thing and i'm like yes but here it's like it takes some time and People are in their own ways a little bit. People got to warm up to you. Yeah, yeah. It's harder to make friends in Vancouver, definitely, than Toronto. We were talking about that a little bit before the show. Like, there's, there's definitely like a cliquey nature with the subcultures mm-hmm. in Vancouver, especially when it comes to music. Um, and you said that Toronto doesn't have that as much. Or no, it definitely does. Every anywhere in the world you go, it's going to be cliquey. The only thing that's a little bit different about Toronto is everyone's open to conversation. Right. And I feel like New York is a lot like that, too. I was just there, and I felt like the vibe was so different. Everyone's down to know where you're from. Everyone's okay with, like, drinking with you and telling you to come over to the bar. Whereas here, I think people are kind of, again, in their own ways. There's nothing wrong with Vancouver. I just think it's, like, the culture of Vancouver. It's very, like, business-driven, you know? So I think Toronto definitely has more of, like, an art feel to it, and you can tell by the people that you meet. I don't really know how to explain it. It's like the, it's just like a feeling that you feel. Right. But anywhere in the world is clicky. Like I went to the smallest island in Greece and it was still clicky there. So <laughs> I feel like it kind of goes anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you said you you know you accomplished what you set out to do to to make some connections and set up a team and start a project. Like what was your, your sort of game plan to make that happen? Did you just like throw yourself at it, or did you did you go in with with a plan ahead of time? There is nothing more in the world that I want to do than music, and there's nothing else that I meant to do other than music. So, me knowing that pushed me to get out of my comfort zone, and I would I would like write it in my laptop, and I would just close my laptop, or I'd write it out like goal, like I would make weekly goals, like. Talk to talk to people when you're out because I like I don't know I'm at like a time in my life where I just don't really care for conversation but it's like I need to push myself to do that 
So then I would like kind of find out like what people were doing, where, where people were performing, and that's when I got introduced to um, Ones to Watch in Toronto. So it's a free show and it's open bar, but like not a lot of people know about it. So you get this email, then you go, and then that's when I started meeting artists in Toronto and people who are like in the industry. So that kind of set off the confidence of talking to people and knowing what I want and who I want to work with and who's part of like the creative side of Toronto and who's part of like the production side of Toronto and then I kind of just calculated everything if that kind of makes sense to you I don't know but that was like my whole manifestation thing yeah I mean if you got the drive to do it it's kind of you you just you do it it just happens naturally if if you really believe in it it happens naturally you just can't like you can't force it it's all natural and it'll happen well, correct me if I'm wrong. From the the last time we chatted with you, um, it did seem like that, like you had you were freshly discovered that that drive, mm-hmm. or like that drive had really you've really kind of manifested that drive a little more. Um, I guess from the last time that we talked about you, what kind of steps did you take to to put this thing together to put your music for uh, front? What's the word I'm looking for? At the forefront of your life. As in, like, what have I learned since the last time? or Sure, yeah. Or, or just, like, what have you done to, like, make music your number one priority? Just patience. Yeah? Patience has really helped me. And moving, I think, is a huge... I left all my friends and my family to go to a city where I know that that's, like, a thing there. Like, music is popping off there. I mean, it's not L.A., but it's still... Because even being there, people are like, there's not really a music scene here. But to me, it's like, what do you mean? Like, have you been to Vancouver? Even though there is now a little bit that, that I've noticed. But um, what was the question? <laughs> oh, oh, patience. Okay, so yeah. pa- patience was like a huge thing that I've learned. And just being able to trust the right people and to not rush anything. Right. Like sedative, I kept for three and a half months in that. I'm not patient. Like, if you ask my friends, like, I am the least patient person ever. And I was just like, I need to be calm. I might want to change this. I might want to do this. I might want to change the name. So just time and patience has really helped me, like, grow into the artist I am now. Because now I know what I need to do in certain situations, not rush anything. Right. So that's helped a lot. Well, well the the EP came out on the 24th, I believe it was, of January. Mm-hmm. Um, and you performed, at, you had like a release show at, 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 yeah, at Fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not small potatoes. <laughs> like, what, who, there's been like he, huge hip hop artists come through and like will stop at Fortune on their way there. Um, how did that, how did the show go? Um. <laughs> <laughs> It was really good. There, it's ran by Artist Block. Yeah. The the people who reached out to me, his name is Puya. He reached out to me to do it, which I thought was perfect because I wanted to come home and see my family and friends anyway. And it just the week worked out perfectly. The show was really good. Um, my music cut out at one point, but besides that, everyone had a, such a good time. I like looked over, my friends were blackout and like enjoying time and dancing, and I was like, okay, this is good. So it went really well. And it's so crazy because Drake just performed there. Like, all these performers have performed there. And to actually be on a stage where I've clubbed, where I've won twerking competitions, where I've mm-hmm. thrown up in the washroom, where I've done, like, <laughs> everything. And it's like I'm on the stage performing. And, like, people are out to to watch me perform. 
And it's, it's really like full wild. full circle moment, kind of. Yeah, because I remember being like 19 and seeing these artists and being like, that'd be so sick. If, And then I'm like the one performing. So it was really wild. I'm very grateful for that night. It doesn't hurt that they have well, one of the best sound systems in the city, although... Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it sounded good. I think every show that I've ever seen there has been like the best sounding version of whoever I have seen there. I remember we went there. This is a bit of an aside, but we went there for Music Waste once, and just like these trashy like bands who only have iPhones in the middle of their jam space recordings just sound like they've been doing it for like like, twenty years. The sound, the speakers are unreal. They're really good. Cool. Uh, should we get to the next track on the record? You mentioned this one earlier. Uh, we got Liquid Drips. Anything you want to say about this one before we throw to it? This song is just like about empowerment of females. If you listen to the first verse and the second one, it's just kind of like how I view things. It's, you know. Liquid Drips on the Vancouver mixtape. It's kind of a weird name. Forever I put you on. 
<laughs> you are listening to the Vancouver Mixtape on CJSF 90.1 FM, your number one spot to catch all the best music from Vancouver's underground. Uh, right now we have we have Kabazi on the show returning. Um, a a former Vancouverite now transplanted in Toronto. Hello. But uh, we're we're pumping the uh, the new EP, Human Prescription, um, a fantastic record. Once again, congratulations! Thank you. Um, we do we do have some some pals in the studio with you. Which well, the last time we had you in, we d- we had like there a, was ten w- people. W- yeah, we had an audience. <laughs> and it was so dope. <laughs> the most people who have ever been in the studio. Yeah, it's like the most legit. I always ever bring felt. like twenty people with me, yeah. and sometimes like it's yeah, overwhelming. So. Absolutely. We so thought about installing bleachers after that. <laughs> <laughs> You said a set a stage. Uh, so if you guys want to scooch into the mic, I have a question for you folks. Yeah. So, Ew. like, there, there's the concept of friend rock, which is just like your friend plays in a band, and regardless of whether or not they suck, like, you kind of go and see your friend. Mm-hmm. But what do you, like, how does it feel to, like, have, a, like, a friend that actually is putting together legitimate music? Like, what was, what's your reaction to her music? I love it. I text her sometimes at three in the morning, being like, "Hey, I'm just listening to your music. Like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and just play it." That's I genuinely love her music, and it's so beautiful to watch her do something that she loves. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times in Vancouver, or in general, people get caught up in doing things they think they should do rather than what they want to do. So I love seeing that she's doing what she wants to do. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can tell it's super genuine too. Yeah. Like we know you so well. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're also used to it too. Like I feel like we've yeah. known her for so long, and she's yeah. she's grown up. Yeah, we've known each other Singing for her entire, like, it's like ten years. years. It's so identity, yeah, yeah, it's part of who you are. Yeah. And you you find that like when you when you listen to these records, you're like oh. Yeah, this is absolutely Sarah. Like, yeah, I feel like we've, yeah. we've said from the beginning too. I'm like, I don't just like it because you're our friend. Like, I yeah. actually like it. Yeah. Like, I'll literally say that. Watch, remember, kind of <laughs> that. Honestly, Sarah, <laughs> I listen to your music in the car. Like this time, it was really like not saying that last one was much. Like, like when it comes on, I feel like it just naturally comes on. Like, and it's like a playlist. real song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, well, hopefully, I'm a real artist. <laughs> <laughs> like none of that. Hey, great set, bro. Like, yeah, no, 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 it's like Jenny. Like sometimes I'll play them. That like I don't know what you're saying in that, or like I'll play them like my garage band yeah. recordings. So, like I don't like what is that, or they'll be like eh, I'm not really feeling it. Mm-hmm. Always honest. Like we're mm-hmm. super honest with each other. Yeah. Even yeah. when I said like with this new EP, like I feel like you've grown so much from the yeah. last one. Like 100%. love them both, but like just so good. Yeah. Thanks. Aww. Is that <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty standard practice for you? Is when you're putting together new songs, you you kind of take it through the gauntlet of your friends to to get feedback. I send it to the meanest people I know. <laughs> so Thank you. That's that's us. That's like my friends are like real. Like if you look like shit, you're gonna be told before they even see you that you look yeah. like shit. So like walks in the room. Keep I usually. That's not a lie. Um, but I'll always send it to my brother first because he's, regardless, like, he's not going to lie to me and he'll be, like, give me honest opinion and then I'll start sending it to my friends. I'll send it through email and I'm like, don't show anyone and they'll, like, play it. Like, I'm, I'm sure I've, like, emailed all of you guys yeah, my song. Traps us in the car. But yeah, I, my friends are so, I'm so luck. I'm so luck. I, I don't really believe in luck, to be honest, but feel very blessed to have such supportive friends and we're all very supportive of each other i think we all got very lucky it's, yeah it's a mutual thing we it's a very very weird 
feeling because we were just talking about this earlier. It's it's not common that we get the bond that we have. So I think mm-hmm. we all feel very very lucky. Because we'll be like, how are you guys like so close and like trust each other? It's like, well, we don't sleep with each other's boyfriends. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> starts there. I don't know if you guys are gonna get fired from your. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great thing about community radio. Like, you can't really get fired. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, can't fire us if they don't pay us. Right? <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's good. Like uh, th- having a kind of network is pretty instrumental in terms of putting out quality to begin with. You gotta trust the people that you're showing it to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's talk a, bit, a little bit about the uh, the people that you worked with on this record because you did you mentioned you mentioned that there were some people in the background that you were working with. Uh, you I've never met any of the producers on any of the songs. Really? I th- that's that seems to be a trend that that I'm, that we've noticed over the last few guests that we've had. Yeah. Is that it's just like they correspond or over the internet and then they'll put out great music together. It's wild. You know who Alina Barraza is? No idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Galatmus or whatever I think they're called. Sure. Okay, so they made Galantis. Yeah, that. How, how do you say it? Galantis. Galantis. So oh, they made an dead. album with Alina Baraz. <laughs> the entire thing was made through Facebook. That's wild. And it's an unreal album. It's so good. Listen to it when you guys are, like, driving home. It's so smooth. Um, it's, for me, personally, it's hard to find someone who understands my sound. And people do send me music. And I don't really, like, vibe with it. So for me, it's easier just to go online and look up... So, like, you can put in the hashtags or whatever, and then you can combine the hashtags, and it'll give you exactly what you're looking for. And for me, it's easier, kind of. I've been trying to find someone who understands my sound. I did have that before. Um, but I like to work with different people. I don't want to have, like, consistently the same kind of sound. But uh, also, being a female in this industry, intentions are kind of confusing sometimes. Like, there's been times I've showed up to a producer's house who like you just know you can tell what they really want so that's also something i'm trying to learn to kind of filter through of like who actually wants to make music and who doesn't but i'm pretty open i'll I'll, like be like send me a track and if i vibe with it then i'll like come to their house but it's bad because i go alone so i need to stop showing up alone yeah bring bring a partner yeah i wish there was more uh, female producer yeah that too or like pepper spray but um yeah i didn't meet any of these people on i messaged some of them um this guy basement made can't be your man that's like one of my favorite songs i've done and he was so chill like he was like you don't need to he's like you don't really need to like shout me out or anything he's like it's for you like you don't have to pay for it i was like thanks like (laughs) it was so chill and the other ones i haven't met but i did i do email them to let them know i'm Mm-hmm. gonna purchase her track or use her track and then I'll be like what's like your Instagram so I can tag you or do you have so can so if I get paid you get paid as well I go through that whole cause people forget to do that they just mm-hmm. yeah. put the song I don't realize like when you're getting paid like they should be getting paid too so it's a lot of like filtering there's always filtering but yeah it's an interesting spin on the like the the idea of the local music scene. It um, seems like it's the the local scene is far more expansive than just in Toronto, or at least has the potential for that. Are you going to reach out beyond just Toronto artists, or you do you do, you well, do that already? The thing. It's like a lot of my not a lot, but some of my songs are with people from like Russia or like mm-hmm. Spain or Hungary, like Foreign Water. This guy's from like Hungary. He's like, I gotta go to vi- vi- uh, my violin class. I'll email you later. You know, it's like I don't know who these people are or what they're right, doing. Right, right. So, to answer the question, I'm very open. Whether it's like 
If someone tells me they make music, I'm gonna be like, oh, are you down to collaborate? Send me your stuff if I vibe with it, and if you vibe with my stuff, let's work together. Cool, yeah. Because I'm never gonna be like, you're gonna for sure vibe with my stuff. You know, it's like it has to go both ways. But if anyone says anything about music, I'm like, let's collaborate. It's like, so I go like in and out. So I don't really know. Yeah, I think what what I was trying to get at with is trying to get at that the idea of like how do you how do you build a community around your music um like you're you're the people you're working with are all around the world um and you probably only interact with them through uh the internet in some way yeah um do you find that you're able to build a community or is it around is it me to like work on yeah, yeah for sure like i the girl that who's my project manager i met her at a concert and she was kind of like i've always wanted to manage an artist and like I didn't really she didn't know I really made music and then she was like I was like I'll make music like go home listen to it let me know what you think and let's see what we can do and we've been working together for six months and she's been like amazing she flew out to Vancouver to come to the show so that alone is like we're on to something together and then um my producer LC like he he's my engineer so it's like I have my little community of people, my art, like my art, the person who makes my art cover is like my friend Yaz. So I have that community around me and then I'm open to like when I meet people and if I like their energy, just kind of, I have like three people around me right now. But besides that, it's like I, I don't really like think about it like that. It's like whoever I meet, it, I meet and it's like if we have same interests and if I trust them and they trust me, it's like it's going to be a thing. But it's hard to find that. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the next track on Human Prescription. I believe it's Can't Be Your Man. This is the next one. You're listening to it on the Vancouver Mixtape. I wrote that one about construction workers. <laughs> <laughs> But it'll 
Tape with Kabazi that was Can't Be Your Man off the new record Human Prescription. Uh, we're back again, and uh, off mic, we were talking about uh, the perils of uh, marketing yourself and trying to sort of make that next step as an artist uh, in the world of social media. You're saying that you don't you don't really you don't really like it, but you see that as necessary. Can you elaborate on that a bit? So seven years ago, I deleted Facebook. Because I just, I didn't really, it was annoying. I didn't like it. I felt like it was distracting. And I, I haven't had really much, so I had Twitter for a little bit, and then I just deleted that. And then Instagram got introduced, and no one really, like, knew. I think I got, in, I got Instagram, I think I was, like, one of the first people to have Instagram, because I thought it was just an editing app. Me and my friends, we'd be putting photos up, and they'd be like, what does, like, one like mean? And then my friend was, like, putting up photos of herself in, like, lingerie for her boyfriend by, like, editing it. <laughs> And it's, like, three likes, four likes. She's like, what does these likes mean? And then I guess, like, it became huge, I think, two years ago. And for me, and I think my friends agree with this, too. Like, we use it more as just, like, sharing things that we do with our time and, like, things that we like. But it's become such a thing where people care so much if they don't get, like, a certain amount of likes or if they don't have a certain amount of following or they won't follow the same amount of people as, like, the ratio, hold the ratio thing, whatever. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I don't really... I mean, I... For me, it's, like, if you're my friend, like, I'll interact with you on social media. But when, like, weird people message you, like, weird things, it's, like, uncomfortable. But with the whole marketing thing, that's something I'm trying to learn because I see all these, like, artists putting up photos of them doing interviews or playlists that they're on and all this stuff. And it's, like, I'm having a hard time doing that because I feel like it's, like, showing off and everyone's bragging and trying to get attention and being, like, look at me, I'm on this. But it's, like, you have to do it in order for people to, like, give you value in a way. And um, I'm just trying to learn about all of that. But I just, it's unfortunate because in our society now, that's how you kind of get recognized is like through your social media following. And it's fake. It's all fake. And by its nature, like your, your social media presence is going to be very visual. Right, like it'll be visual, maybe some some text, and then like links to audio. But people's first impression, anyway, is just like what what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to make uh, the music put the music at the forefront if it's always like at least a couple clicks away or taps away. And the thing is, people will be like, "I loved your EP. I listened to it on Spotify. I caught like two people doing that. It wasn't even on Spotify." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like you're lying to me. And that's, like, I feel like a lot of it on social media is fake interactions. And and it's bad because sometimes I won't respond because I feel like it's not genuine. And I'm, like, they probably think I'm, like, rude or I think I'm full of myself. But really, it's just I don't need the validation. And I also, like, when it's not genuine. And I don't know. I feel that social media it's good to have social media and I feel like it's helped a lot of people but it's also destroyed but I really don't care it doesn't affect me like some aesthetically I'll message my friends and be like 
are the colors okay with this? Like, we always message each other about photos and stuff, but it's never like, do you think anyone will like it, or do you think this and this? Because it doesn't... These people aren't going to show up to your grave when you're dead. So it's like, it doesn't matter. Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if I can selfie or something. But you you <laughs> exactly. know, like, one of those, not one of those people that, like, has, has coordinated the color scheme of their actual feet. Have you seen people that do that? I, like, do that some... Like, I don't... I aesthetically, it's... Sure. A visual thing. My house, like my uh, my house that I live in, is made like that too. I'm aesthetically OCD. Like I'm visually OCD. I've been in TD Bank and like was so grossed out by the green and the brown that I left. Like it really <laughs> affects me. So sometimes with like social media, when I do my page, I like it to flow. I like it sure, to be yeah. visually pleasing. But I don't like go as far as like deleting photos because actually no, I have done that. But it doesn't affect me. Like, I don't go home and cry about it. Like there's people yeah. that like actually get affected, and I feel so bad because I just want to be like it doesn't matter. Like, it really doesn't matter. But I guess I don't know. It does for some people. Um, yeah, it it's not real, but it can for people stand in for that that real social uh, milieu or like social context. When people people use it for like, especially if we're t- bringing it back to music, like they use it as like metrics for validation, right? Like you get press releases or you, people will send out press releases that are like got five thousand followers on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Like they average two hundred and fifty likes per Instagram. But that matters. Like, like that it's, really it's, matters. They won't open your email unless they see you have a huge f- following on Instagram. And like why does it listen to the music? But they won't because it's like if they don't value you until someone they value gives you value, you know? Yeah, yeah. So and then it's also annoying when Someone keeps like pushing their like music into your face, you know, where every three seconds it's like, listen to my EP, listen to my EP, listen to my single, listen to this. So it's like really hard to find that balance of like what is okay. Yeah. But I try to stay genuine with what I think is okay. And I think it's been going okay so far because no one's really been like, you're so annoying. <laughs> Again, my friends are honest with me, right? So they would like tell me, like, you're that's too much, you right, shouldn't right, do right. this. But everything's calculated for people these days. And authenticity, like, in light of that is, uh, like, it's a a rare uh, and therefore, like, important uh, virtue, right? Like, you you don't get um, authenticity in artists, in a lot of artists' representations of themselves. Um, So it's refreshing. Yeah. Like, especially in, like, pop-based music, too. Like certain way people dress sometimes, or, like, their names. I I get, it, it reminds me a lot of theater, you know, it's like you pull up with, like, the weirdest outfit. I, but I get it as well. It's like whatever's genuine. You know when it's genuine. You know when it's not genuine. That's the thing. It's like when you see someone, you know that they're meant to dress that way. And if they're not meant to dress that way, you kind of get, like, a feeling that they're not truly who they are. So I like to stay authentic to who I am. However, someone else may not see that. But I'm not going to sit there and try to prove to someone I am who I am. It's like That's true. You get what you see. Hey, I see your stories with you and your inhaler, and that speaks to me. Yeah, so. I have such. It got worse when I got into Vancouver. It was fine in mm-hmm. Toronto, and I step out. I was like, <sighs> so the opposite for me. Anyways, no, really? I see it. I'm just like inhalers. Yeah, <laughs> like hold mine up. <laughs> yeah, in the club. Yeah, like there's absolutely. been times like back when I would grind in the club, and I would have to like pull it out. And be like once that came, like, <laughs> and then go back to like doing my thing. Should we start an, a campaign for an inhaler emoji? Yeah, I, that, absolutely. Do they I, not have one? No, that's so genius. There you go. There you go. Who's it? Mark Zuckerberg that makes these emojis? I don't know. <laughs> Whoever makes them. We'll get someone on the case. Um, we have uh, a track by uh, a friend. Okay, or before we get to that one, we have one more off the record that we haven't played yet. Comfort yeah. and Chaos. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's do that then. It's very depressing.
Would you like love the downer tracks, especially in the middle of January or February here? It's great. This sounds like very depressing. That's like. Comfort yeah, in chaos. Uh, Mike Abazi here on the Vancouver mixtape, surprising oh, everyone by cutting man. back. What's uh, your new nickname? No, sorry. Oh, that's okay. We're we're just we're just having casual conversation here on the mixtape. Uh, what's what's up next for you, Sarah? I'm working on new music right now. I have one song called Hide the Body that I'm really excited to release, and it's with two Vancouver artists, nice. which is fun. Uh, I can, have one guy can you tell us who, who they are? Or is yeah, Cole Frizzell, he did the production. He's doing the guitar, and there's this guy named Nico who did a verse for the second part of the song. It's I say this about all my songs, but this is actually one of my favorite songs that I've done because it's so out of my comfort zone. Nice. So I'm really excited to put this one in the world. But I'm going to keep making music, hopefully get into a festival this year. Hopefully, my plan is to move to L.A. by September. So I'm just trying to figure out how I can get a visa. Back across the continent. Mm. I guess moving up in the music markets, right? Makes sense. I'm going to move to Spain in my 30s, so I'm just doing this and see what I can get out of it. So, yeah. There you go. Well, uh, thanks again for for getting in touch and, and coming back on the show. I love being here. Like, I mean, it, you're one of our favorite guests that we've had on, so we Thank appreciate you. you reaching out. Um, and thanks for bringing fans again, friends. <laughs> always. Uh, yeah, it always makes it... The fact checkers. So right? Yeah, the fact checkers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bold slide. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, the, the, the EP is phenomenal. Once again, we look forward to all the new stuff that you're going to release over the next year or so. Um, like, I'm sure it's... Gotta, it's gonna take you some, somewhere. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, hopefully, 
you never know what's gonna happen but there's worse music getting people big right like yeah, yeah it's actually it's, I mean it's not bad it's just not our style I guess I mean there's a reason why it's out there right yeah, yeah people like it like yeah. this, the, this not to gush too much. The last bit of gushing, but it's like it it's the it really scratches this itch of like wanting something that's got it's got some gloss and some sheen to it, but is is not super cookie cutter, right? Like it's like we talked about. It's got kind of abnormal structure, which is super refreshing in yeah. in pop music. So. Uh, the album is Human Prescription. You can find it on SoundCloud Spotify. Uh, and Spotify. And iTunes. And iTunes. It's everywhere. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio app. Just everywhere. Uh, cool. Thanks. Thanks again for, for joining us. We're going to uh, play out to a track uh, that you recommended by another local musician. Rituals. Cole William. Uh, and we'll see you next week on the Vancouver Mixtape. Thanks again. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys so much because you like reached out to me when I didn't expect anyone to reach out to me. So it's like a soft spot in my heart. Not not to just like uh, hammer home what we're talking about, but we've definitely discovered you through Instagram. (laughs) Did you really? Yeah, I think I. Relax.
dancing in your daffodil. Your petal dribbled down my cheek. The fertilizer pesticide made me feel so dead inside. Spot the candles, smoke fill up the basement. All the things we do in preparation. But the candles won't fill up the basement. All the things we do in preparation. You my ritual, you're the one, baby. Be my ritual on a daily basis. Looking my way, girl, on this way and never y'all on my soul. That's it for the Vancouver Mixtape, produced at CGSF 90.1 FM Burnaby. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find the show on Google Play and the Apple iTunes Store. Uh, we'll have a really big announcement coming up about uh, a new uh, episode of the show coming up this week, so keep your eyes peeled to at Van Mixtape and all those places. See you next week. immense hooked beak, striking white head, and imperious pale eyes, the bald eagle's image holds sway throughout American life. The bald eagle stands proud as our national bird, spreads its wings on our national emblem, and serves as mascot of countless sports teams. So prominent is this iconic bird in our culture that we sometimes overlook an important fact. It shares the continent with a second equally majestic eagle, the Golden Eagle. The Golden, with a nearly seven-foot wingspan, matches the bald eagle in size. 
But its head and neck are lustrous golden brown, the source of its name. The two birds fill contrasting niches. Bald eagles, which are found over much of the continent, inhabit the water's edge and prey on fish and water birds. Golden eagles are birds of the 